I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Joel Embiid accepts the MVP award and the Sixers are getting run out of the building. Boston 16, Philadelphia 7, 8 7 remaining in the first quarter. Maybe don't let the Celtics shoot 80% from deep. Just a thought. I didn't play in the NBA. You are listening to Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson on a much-deserved night off. My name is Joe Fortenball. We are riding solo tonight. We are 27 minutes away, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, from the debut. Gamblers of the Galaxy. Huge gambling weekend across the country. We're going to get you set with everything you need to know. But right now, let's turn our attention to Game 3. Suns, Nuggets. Denver has a 2-0 series lead. And for more, we welcome in ESPN NBA reporter, Ohm Young-Masuk. Ohm, we always appreciate the time and the insights. Thank you very much. Let's start with this. No Chris Paul tonight for the Suns. They're already a thin team to begin with. What adjustments is Phoenix going to make because of the Paul injury to try to get back in this series? Well, obviously, I think you're going to see a lot more campaign uh, with, you know, Chris Paul out. Um, and then I think, you know, Monty Williams alluded to it. Perhaps you'll see veterans like Terrence Ross and uh, T.J. Warren to kind of help maybe shoulder some of the scoring burden off of uh, Kevin Durant and Devin Booker. The two guys, Booker and Durant, are averaging, I believe, 57.5 points in this series, a combined 57.5. They do need some help. They are also playing heavy minutes, 40-plus minutes per game for each of them. So, you know, I don't, I don't expect that part to change. I think Monty's going to play those guys as much as he can. The desperation is there for the Suns because they cannot lose this game at all and go down 3-0. So I, I think you're going to see Monty probably, I mean, everything's got to be on the table for him, absolutely, without Chris Paul. Denver looked very good in the first two games of the series. They were at home. They are now 5-0 and at home this postseason. Much like during the regular season, they had a lot of success there, but the struggles came on the road. Tonight in Phoenix, they're on the road for the first time in this series. What can they do to combat some of the issues they've had when they play away from their home gym? Well, I mean, they did win game three in Minnesota um, in the first round earlier. So I think for them, they have to play the way they did in Denver. They got to be physical they got to basically try to get the Suns out of those mid-range spots of where they're so good at and where they were so good against the Clippers. Um, they have to basically do what they did. Like, look, if Jamal Murray's struggling, Nikola Jokic has to be aggressive. He has to look for his shot. And when he does that, at times he is unstoppable. Um, if you double-team Nikola Jokic, he has to find all of the shooters that are out there, get them involved, and he'll do that. He's very good at that. So I, I just think they got to do the same thing. One thing we really haven't seen in this series so far is Michael Porter Jr. really have a, a really great game. I, I think you've seen Aaron Gordon have a good game. Contavious Caldwell Pope, obviously Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic. If Michael Porter Jr. can get going, that would be really big for Denver too. Om Young Masuk joining us here on Joe and Amber ESPN Radio. 
You know, we throw the term recency bias around a lot in sports these days. You know, if we've seen a team play well, we expect them to continue to play well. If we see a team play poorly, we expect them to continue to play poorly. It's just one of the biases our brain suffers from. No one really wanted to believe that the Denver Nuggets were a legitimate championship threat this year because they've never made that deep of a run, even though they were in the conference finals a few years ago. We didn't buy in. A lot of people did not buy in. And yet here they are, the number one seed. They look more unstoppable than anybody in the playoffs right now. I mean, should we change the narrative? Is this, is this team the favorite, in your opinion, to win the title? I think they should be definitely in the conversation, especially with Milwaukee out. Um, I think the thing about Denver is a lot of people probably got swayed by how they finished the season. And this includes the MVP vote as well. I mean, you know, it just happened that Joel Embiid was on fire during this stretch where he had like 10 straight games of 30 or more points. And at the same time, the Denver Nuggets had lost like five in a row. And it was all doom and gloom around the Nuggets. Everybody's like, oh, are they for real? They just kind of went through this malaise. And so did Jokic. And then, like, you know, after Jokic played well against Giannis uh, at home and then Embiid didn't play against against Jokic in a game where they, everybody was looking forward to. After that, it was kind of like they just kind of tailed off. It was like Jokic didn't play that great. It was like he didn't even really want to be involved in the MVP discussion anymore. He kind of hates that whole discussion anyways. And so I just think a lot of people were just kind of like, yeah, the Denver Nuggets, they, they didn't really finish strong. But I think a lot of people forgot just how well, how well they did during the regular season, how good they were. And I think they're reminding people that. I think the, the, the biggest strength that – if people aren't following the Denver Nuggets might not know is that they have a lot of experience together, especially in the playoffs. Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic, even though Jamal Murray missed the previous two postseasons due to his ACL injury, in the two that he was with Jokic, I mean, they have plenty of game seven experience. You know, they obviously were the ones that came back from down 3-1 and two consecutive series in the bubble. So they have a lot of that experience, and I think you're starting to see it play out here especially in a game like tonight where they're going to go in a hostile environment, know that they're going to take Phoenix's best punch. Um, you know, hopefully Michael Malone's counting on that experience to come forward tonight. Terrific stuff as always. ESPN NBA reporter Om Young masuk joining us here, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Thank you so much, Om. We appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Down 0-2, but four-and-a-half-point favorites tonight for Game 3. We'll see if the Suns can get in the zone tonight. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. <laughs> so slick. You, they don't even see it coming, James. They don't even see the promotion of AutoZone coming sometimes. Now, that's me trying to have fun and trying to stay light. Boston is putting it on Philadelphia right now on their home court Game three of the Eastern Conference semifinals, the night Joel Embiid has accepted the MVP award, the Celtics lead 21-11. to They are getting every offensive rebound imaginable. Embiid's hobbling up and down the court. This is a complete disaster. The Celtics shooting 53% from the floor, 60% from deep. The Sixers are 4-11 of 11 in this matchup so far. Fast break points, 8-3 in favor of Boston. It's a hustle stat. You can't let them come into your own gym and wipe the floor with you in the first game of, the, of, the, of this part of the series. You got to at least stand up for yourself. Good God, Philadelphia. But one thing to keep in mind if you're back in the Sixers tonight like I am, I wish I could surrender that bet. Boston has been a very good first half team throughout the entire postseason. Very good in the first quarter. Very good in the first half. They have shown complacency at times. 
and it's not the type of complacency we've seen from the team in the past. Think game five against the Atlanta Hawks, the closeout game at home. Couldn't get it done. Completely asleep at the wheel in the second half. Much like Philadelphia is right now as the Celtics go right to the rack again. Ooh, this is the plight of the Philadelphia fan. I'm going to transition. I am of the belief that this is the greatest sports weekend of the year. People might think that's hyperbole. You got the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, the Kentucky Derby. Canelo Alvarez is fighting in Mexico for the first time in 12 years. You've got the UFC 288 from Providence, New Jersey. We got the Miami Grand Prix in Formula One. We are stacked. Prove me wrong. Triple eight, say ESPN. If you disagree, or if you agree and you want to weigh in, we'd love to hear from you tonight. Triple eight, say ESPN. If the Sixers can't win a title this year, I wonder how different they're going to look next season. James Harden out, and a certain someone from the West Coast in, maybe? Talk about that next. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, so get this. 50 years ago today, 5-0 David Robinson, 50 years ago today, Secretariat, the favorite in the Kentucky Derby, worth $6 million at the time, which would be like $90 million in today's dollars, won the Kentucky Derby in a record time of 1 minute 59.4 seconds. Now, that's a record that still stands to this day. Most people know about that. Here's the fun fact. His rival, who finished second, known as Sham, Sham still has produced the second fastest time in Kentucky Derby history when they ran 1-2. Kentucky Derby, 149th running, coming up tomorrow, Coming up 14 minutes from now, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, Gamblers of the Galaxy. We will get you set for every major event this weekend. Joe and Amber, we're presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson on a much-deserved night off. Joe Fortinball riding solo. I've got the caboose tonight. What do we say we make you a little bit of money? Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Little player prop action from tonight's matchup between the Denver Nuggets and the Phoenix Suns. 10 p.m. Eastern, ESPN, ESPN Plus. 
Devin Booker going over 38.5 points plus assists. Take his points, take his assists, add him up, 39 or more, and we win the bet. He's averaging 42 points and assists per game this postseason. But he's going to take on an even bigger load tonight with no Chris Paul in the lineup. More role as a facilitator, more role as a shooter, scorer, everything. Denver's defense, home road splits, very dramatic. Great opportunity tonight, need to bounce back. Desperation in the 0-2 hole. You should be getting 40-plus minutes. The opportunities will be there. This was the best bet on Daily Wager earlier today, Monday through Friday, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Boom, that's how you plug. Final pizza money of the night, Devin Booker over 38.5 points plus assists. Three-pointers good. 20 triples for the Celtics in Game 2 as they blow out Philadelphia. The Boston Celtics knock off the Philadelphia 76ers, and they have tied this series at 1. Sixers clearly heard me yelling and complaining on the radio about five minutes ago because they have clawed their way back into this matchup over on ESPN. It's the Celtics 24. It's the Sixers 23. Tyrese Maxey trying to heat up a little bit here as the Sixers are riding the crowd noise and trying to find a way to take this game from the Celtics and give us the series we were all hoping for when we looked at the start of the playoffs to see what could shake down if these two met in the second run, second round, excuse me. Speaking of run, 9-0 ers run over the last couple of minutes in this game. Stick it here, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. We will keep you updated throughout the course of the night. Let's go to the phones. Matt in Arizona. Matt, we appreciate the phone call. Welcome to the show. The Sixers, the Celtics, what do you got for us? I, I'm just going to just gonna go off what a, I heard a lot this weekend on, or this week on first take and with Stephen A and all the guys. And I think they, I think they rushed back uh, and beat a little too quick. I mean, I know he said he's ready. Doc says he's ready, but he's got a history of injuries. And, you know, given given what we saw from James Harden going absolutely ballistic in game one, maybe riding that momentum a little bit uh, more and then giving Embiid a little bit of extra time to get his uh, knee back under him. And, uh, yeah, I just think they rushed him back a little too much, man. A big big uh, injury history and you don't want to rush rush me on a big man pushing 300 pounds that's a fair point Matt and thank you for the call we appreciate it you saw this play out in the Knicks heat series Jimmy Butler got hurt at the end of the game one win in Miami almost the exact same situation because the Sixers were on the road they stole game one they achieved what they set out to achieve it's the same mantra for every team in the playoffs baseball hockey, basketball. If you're going on the road for the first two games, steal one. Grab home ice, home court, home field, whatever it may be, and then come home and defend. That's how you win a series. So the Heat go out. They win game one against the Knicks. Jimmy Butler's banged up with a sprained ankle. Spolstra, as the head coach, decides, you know what? We're not going to play him in game two. Maybe we can find a way to win it, but either way, we need Jimmy right if we're going to win this series, and we already achieved what we came here to achieve. So they sit Jimmy Butler, they have a chance to win the game. They don't pull it off, but that's fine. Butler gets extra rest, and then the, 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 the Heat end up playing game two on a Tuesday, and they get off until Saturday, tomorrow afternoon on ABC. That's where you will catch game three. Sixers didn't think about that at all. They wanted him beat out there. They were going for the kill, I can understand. He probably wanted to play, and had they found a way to win that game, you're up 2-0 coming home. You're in a great spot, but hindsight, did it damage him further? 
Could the extra rest have gotten him healthier for tonight's game in which they trail Boston 28-25 to with 56 seconds to go in the first quarter over on ESPN? It's something to consider. Something else to consider. Anthony Gargano, 97.5 The Fanatic in Philadelphia. He's been doing sports talk radio there for a long time. We had him on this show in the last hour. We asked him a series of questions. At the end, I was thinking to myself as a lifelong Sixers fan, what happens after this year? Do you blow this thing up if it doesn't work? If you flame out against the Celtics, what's the next move? Take a listen to what Gargano had to say. Here's the deal with Harden. I think if he goes back to Houston, it's more of a family reason. I don't think it's because of a basketball situation. I think he's I think he's happy here basketball-wise. He, I've talked to him. I mean, he feels good being here. He gets along with Embiid really well. He gets he loves Maxi. He Doc listens to him. I think if he goes to Houston, it's a it's all because of a something personal, more of a family type of situation. And if that would happen, I think they would go full force after Damian Lillard. Oh, my God, don't do that to me. Don't do that sort of thing to me because now I have hope again. Now I have belief. And I shouldn't even be looking past this game. This series is taking place right now. It's 1-1. It's a competitive game. It's 28-26 Celtics over on ESPN, less than a minute to go in the first quarter. But the idea of if Harden leaves, finding a way to bring in Damian Lillard. Question number one, what do you have to give up to get Lillard? Because if it's a lot, take a look at the situation in Phoenix right now. Kevin Durant, yeah, it's great to have him on your roster. But you got no depth. Your bench is getting worked in every single game you play. And as a result, you need Booker and Durant to play 40-plus minutes every single night. They need to combine to score 57.5 points per game, shoot 49% from the floor. And even then, you're still down an 0-2 hole against Denver and you lost both games by double digits. So how much would you need to give up? But the prospect of Damian Lillard in Philadelphia. For those of you who haven't followed Lillard's career closely, Lillard is awesome. Awesome. I was in the Bay Area doing sports talk radio for six years starting in 2014. Some of the best games the Warriors ever played were when the Blazers were in town because Damian Lillard is from Oakland. People think he wears the number zero on his jersey. He says it's not a zero. He says it's an O. It's for Oakland. Every single time the Blazers were in town, it was much watched TV against the Warrior Dynasty because the Warrior Dynasty would always be favored in those games. But Lillard was always coming to town to put on a show in front of his hometown fans. And he always did it. Always. Love the moxie of that guy. Love the toughness of that guy. Love what he brings to the table. The idea of seeing him in a place like Philadelphia should James Harden leave and the opportunity present itself. It's the type of thing that gets Philadelphia fans excited for the next season before they inevitably flame out in the second round of the playoffs again like they do each and every year. But at least they're taking it to the Celtics right now. 28-28, 19 seconds to go in the first quarter of that matchup. We got another one tonight as well. Denver, Phoenix, as we mentioned earlier, what are the Suns going to do to scratch back into this series? History's on their side. Teams down 0-2, coming home, there's a desperation factor. In addition, the other team, the road team, possibly a bit complacent because they got the 2-0 series lead. And as we all know in the playoffs, Role players always play better at home than they do on the road. Jordan Poole is a great example. He didn't show it last night, five fouls, six points. But in the first game, if you look at his scoring averages at home and on the road for the Warriors, very dramatic. Plays much better at home than he does on the road. The Suns have no role players. They haven't been getting anything from their depth. And they're going to be tested even further tonight without Chris Paul. They're four and a half point favorites, however, against Denver. A team that struggled on the road. Denver's got to be looking at this opportunity thinking if we can find a way to make quick work 
of this Suns team and the Warriors and the Lakers, who have a lot of aging talent, find a way to go six or seven, we got a huge advantage. We can win that series and we can put ourselves in the finals. For as good as the Nuggets have been this season, you look at their prices in terms of championship futures, four to one, five to one, whatever it may be, good pricing, good opportunity there. That team is legit. Put them on tonight. I like them plus the four and a half, but I could be wrong. The desperation factor is a real one. If the Sixers can't win a title this year, they might look pretty different next season, something we talked about earlier. But the big segment we've all been talking about, Gamblers of the Galaxy is next. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. What a weekend. What a weekend. It's just the tip of the iceberg. Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson on some much-deserved time off. Joe Fortenball riding solo with you this evening. Reed Kuhn is one of the absolute best MMA minds in the business. If you are into UFC 288, which is tomorrow night on ESPN+, he's coming up in about 15 minutes. He's going to give you the bets you need to know. I've been following him for a while. Money in my pocket. Sixers, Celtics. Philadelphia currently leads 33-31, 10 minutes to go in the second quarter. And James Steele, I want to welcome you to the show not in ceremonious fashion. I don't have the NHL score up. We got the Canes and the Devils right now. What's that one looking like? Yeah, Canes Devils, 0-0, zero, zero, uh, 9-29 left in the first. All right. A pretty tight right. one here. Uh, Canes blew them out in game one. Uh, ESPN, SEC Network host, uh, hosted Darian Mel on on uh, ESPN Radio on Saturdays. Darian Noka was one of the siren uh one of the people who sounded the siren at the Hurricanes game How about uh, in game that? one. Yeah, I'm like How a I'm like that? a um, I'm like a pseudo Hurricanes fan. Uh, my uh, my uncle has season tickets down there, so whenever I was in the Air Force, I was stationed in North Carolina, and uh, whenever I was down there, he would always, especially when the Penguins would come to town, he would always be like, "Hey, I got a couple tickets for you. Uh, bring you and one of your buddies, uh, and you know." Come meet, come meet me out in the in the in the parking lot tailgate. We'll go in and you can watch a game. And uh, did that did that a, did that a few times while I was down there. So I have a soft spot in my heart for the for the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, and your Penguins aren't in the playoffs this year, so you might as well so ride a train that can yeah. actually get actually get you somewhere. I mean, I'm, I'm here in Vegas. I'm ready to just pack it in on the Flyers, by the way, and just go full chill BGK the rest of the way out. Yeah. Neither here nor there at the moment. All right. So here we go. This is one of the best weekends in sports of the entire year. 
James Steele is here. He's going to run through it in honor of Guardians of the Galaxy 3 dropping today. We're going to play a little game called Gamblers of the Galaxy. James, let's go through the card. All right. So Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Game 3 of the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Heat and the Knicks. It heads to Miami. I'm sure Amber is is very excited about that. Very much. The series is tied 1-1. So, Joe, Miami is laying three and a half points here. Are you backing the favorite or the dog? I think I'm going to take the heat in this one. This is a very tough game for me to figure out. Of all the NBA games this weekend, Game 3, Warriors-Lakers, and Game 3, Heat-Knicks. Very difficult for me to figure out. I cannot get over the fact that the Heat, in a Game 2, where they had nothing to play for, essentially, sat Jimmy Butler... So many teams punt in that situation. Look at the Lakers last night. They won game one at Golden State. They stole home court. So they went ahead and punted game two and they fell behind. Fine. It happens all the time. The Heat practically won that game against the Knicks. They gave them all they could handle. Eric Spolstra has done an amazing job with this team. And they got a huge break. Game two on Tuesday, off Wednesday, off Thursday, off Friday. And then they're playing Saturday at home. Jimmy Butler has a chance to rest the ankle. I find myself liking Miami. If I'm making a bet, I would play a small wager on Miami there. What's next? All right, we're going to skip real quick to Sunday, 7.40 p.m. Eastern. Game three of the Eastern Conference semifinals between the Panthers and the Maple Leafs in this Stanley Cup playoffs. The series, hey, is that my close personal friend, Stephen A. Smith? That was your close personal <laughs> friend, Stephen A. Smith. Whoops. All right, uh, let's all right, let, let's start. No, no, no. Let's start again. Um, so, so we're skipping to Sunday. Stanley Sunday. Cup playoffs, seven forty p.m. Eastern. Game three, Eastern Conference semifinals. Panthers and Maple Leafs. I'm a I'm a pseudo Maple Leaf fan now too. I'm just rooting all for right. Matt Lack. You can't just be rooting for everybody. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for my friends. Series shifts to Florida when the Panthers with the Panthers leading two games to zero. So Joe, you bet the over in games one and two. You lost the overs in game one and game two. Third time's a charm? I feel like that could have been set up differently. I don't think we needed to revisit the disaster that was game one and game two. Yes, I am playing the over again. This is supposed to be an over series. I don't know what these two teams... You know what? Scratch that. I don't know what the hell Toronto's doing. What was that game yesterday? That I had five goals. I play over six and a half. I had five goals in the opening 22 minutes of that game. And then nothing. Squad douche the rest of the way out. Toronto, they blow the lead in that game yesterday. That home, the ice is rocking. I'm playing over six and a half. I am staying with that trend. Bobrovsky cannot continue to stand on his head like he has the last couple of games. He has been incredible. At some point, the Leafs are going to break through with a big night over six and a half. What's next? All right, back to Saturday. The 149th running of the Kentucky Derby. That's a Saturday, 6.45 p.m. Eastern. Joe, which horse wins it? Okay. So here is the extent of my handicapping for the Derby. A lot of people would come on. They would try to fake you out. They do five minutes of research. They try to sound smart. I'm not even going to bother to do that. What I do is I pick up the phone and I call someone who knows what he's doing. Close personal friend, Stanley Cup champion, Eddie Olchick. Eddie is the man. Eddie was a legendary hockey player, but he also knows the ponies as well as anybody. So I call Eddie this morning and I say, Eddie, it's the Kentucky Derby time. As you know, I don't know anything about this. I need a pick. Eddie goes, I got you verifying the two horse currently 19 to one. You want to pay out? That's a payout. If it wins, you're welcome. You don't have to even thank me. If it loses, you take it up with Eddie old chick. Cause it's not my bet. See how that works. Teflon Don stay clean. 
Love you, Eddie. Thank you for the pick. I'll be playing Verifying. It's the number two horse, 19 to 1 right now. What else you got? Uh, UFC 288 from the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. Main card starts at 10 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. All right, so there's a there's some names here we're getting into that I'm not. Try your good. best. Yeah, not I'm not it's like go- I tell my six and four year old. Just try your best. Not good at saying stuff because I'm uh, from Western PA. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. All right, uh, the main event features Henry Cejudo. Nice. Yeah, as a minus one fifteen favorite over bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling. Very nice. There we go. Who is uh, minus one hundred five? How are you betting it? I am surprised that Sterling is the dog here. I will be playing him, minus 105. He's in the prime of his career. He's on top of his game right now. He has a 7-inch reach advantage. That's going to be very difficult for a much shorter Cejudo to close the gap. He's also an excellent grappler. Cejudo is an Olympic gold medalist wrestler. But if it gets to the mat, Sterling, while he's not going to be better, can hold his own. He's an excellent grappler. Now let's look at Cejudo. Love the guy. But he's 36 years old, and he hasn't fought in three years. And he's the favorite? I think it's price wrong. Aljamain Sterling, the champion. I'll take him at minus 105. What else you got? From Guadalajara, Mexico, it's Canelo Ah. Alvarez versus John Ryder in a 12-round fight for Alvarez's super middleweight undisputed championship. Ring walks at 11 p.m. Eastern on DAZN pay-per-view. Canelo is a monster favorite in this fight. Anyway, you back the dog here. This is, this is ridiculous. First of all, no one asked for this fight. No one asked for this fight. This is the problem with this sport. I don't want a minus 2,000 favorite. I can't even find a way to bet it reasonably. To bet him to win by knockout, KO, TKO, or DQ, is minus 320. That's still a ridiculous price. That's what's going to happen in this fight. He's going to knock out John Ryder. He hasn't fought in front of his hometown Mexican fans in 12 years. This is a fight that's set up so he can put on a show. Canelo Alvarez wins by knockout. I'm not, I'll lay the minus 340. I don't recommend other people do that. What I would say is play a knockout in the seventh round and eighth round. Eight to one, 10 to one. It's right in that price range. Play him that he knocks him out in that exact round. Seventh round and eighth round. What else? Uh, Formula One, Miami Grand Prix, Sunday, 4.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio. Joe's a big Grand Prix guy. Formula One guy. Um, Very classy. Do you even have any idea what you are talking about here? I love this sport very much. I am part of the Netflix Drive to Survive generation, which they just said this week down in Miami that one-third of all their fans have jumped on board the last four years because of that series. I love that series. That's what got me into the sport. I know very little about it. I would say if you're betting against Red Bull, both cars, Verstappen and Perez, you're basically betting that one of them, or actually you're betting both of them crash or both of them have mechanical issues because nobody's got the race pace to beat them. Best bet for this is actually on Saturday. Qualifying. Bet Charles Leclerc Ferrari to win the pole. It's 3-1. to one. It should not be 3-1. to one. The Ferrari is not built to compete with the Red Bull in a race, but the Ferrari is an excellent qualifying car. Leclerc won the pole here last year. He won the pole last week in Baku, and he's 3-1. to one. The Red Bull isn't as great qualifying because it takes its tires a little bit longer to warm up. Leclerc to win the pole 3-1 to one that Saturday afternoon. Look at me. What else you got? Come on, just keep keep it coming. Just, Throw anything at your boy. Oh, so uh, this one this one isn't isn't on the sheet. Uh, okay, I may have spoke too soon then. All right, good. Um, <laughs> so uh, Saturday is uh, WrestleMania Backlash, which you you haven't even mentioned in your greatest weekend of sports ever. I have not. Uh, yeah. No, I have so not. Uh, uh, the main event 
is Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar. Who do you got in Cody Rhodes and Brock Lesnar this weekend? Okay, so you know me. I'm a big event WWE guy. I'm not necessarily as locked in to Raw and SmackDown as I should be when it comes to being able to be on top of this stuff. That said, I will take Cody Rhodes. I think he was done dirty at WrestleMania. I understand Roman Reigns had the win, and he's now going to have this 1,000-day title reign, but he's on hiatus. He took a break. It would have been perfect to let Cody Rhodes win there. Then he becomes the champion, and then we can stretch this thing out the right way. Then when then Reigns comes back, we reignite the rivalry. Lesnar, you know him. He shows up a few times a year. He does not need to win this. You don't want to ruin Rhodes because he's one of your top baby faces right now, at least in my opinion. For a guy who said he doesn't watch it a whole lot, I pretty much gave a pretty detailed analysis there. I don't know if I should have gone that far. Cody Rhodes wins it. Cody Rhodes wins it. Right. Is that what's going to happen, by the way? Do you think that's going to happen? Uh, it, yeah, yeah, I think so. Unless they want to drag it out another for another uh, for another pay per view, another couple months, then then maybe not. But I, I think that's probably the way they're going. All right, that's Gamblers of the Galaxy. We tried to cover as much as humanly possible for you, the people, because we love you and because we want to put some coin in your pocket. Second quarter in Philadelphia, 629 to go. Boston, 43. Sixers, 39. Sixers hanging in there, but going to have to do a little bit more, Philly. Going to have to do a little bit more. It's the second round of the playoffs. This is where you always flame out. Prove me wrong. Working at ESPN, there's a bunch of Sixers fans, a bunch of Celtics fans. Chaos in this place. All right. It's brutal here. (laughs) <laughs> it is too brutal. many. Too it's many hilarious when you're walking those halls. Uh, if you want more money, Reed Kuhn is one of the best mixed martial arts handicappers out there. UFC 288 is tomorrow night. Even if you're not that into UFC, this is a monster card. It's on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Reed's going to join us next. The guy has been putting money in my pocket for years. I said, I'm done keeping this a secret. Come on the show. Share it with the people. He's going to join us next. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Death is the only punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. How'd it come? FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. An absolute monster weekend in the sports world, which will be capped off Saturday night at the Prudential Center in Newark, New Jersey. UFC 288. It's on ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Let's bring in an expert. He's the author of the outstanding MMA book, Fightnomics, which is the Twitter handle you can find him at as well, at Fightnomics. ESPN MMA contributor Reed Kuhn joins Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Reed, thank you for your time, man. Let's start with the main event on Saturday night's UFC 288 card. Bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling. He's riding an eight-fight win streak, yet he finds himself as a small underdog to a 36-year-old Henry Cejudo who hasn't fought in three years. How are you handicapping this one? 
Well, first of all, I think the market has underestimated Sterling multiple times. And when I look back at who was my most profitable fighter that I bet on over the last couple of years, Sterling is right there at the top of the list. I've gotten him as a three-to-one dog. Uh, both of those fights against Petr Jan. So he has come through as a dog before, and the disrespect he gets in the market is kind of a head-scratcher for me. Uh, because as you pointed out, this long layoff, ring rust, uh, you know, Cejudo went off. He's now a father. It's just a different animal. He's now on the wrong side of 35, which is a threshold that I look at. And yeah, on paper, it's very even. But when you factor in all those out of the cage issues, I got to go with Sterling. I'm leaning Sterling. I'm, I was agreeing with him opening as a favorite, surprised by the action that went against them. And I'm left with some value on the table as Sterling at even money or a dog. Co-main event is a fascinating one in the welterweight division. Gilbert Burns, who just defeated Jorge Masvidal on April 8th, so less than a month ago. He's back in the octagon as a minus-125 favorite over Bilal Mohamed. Now, Mohamed's made it no secret he wants a shot at champion Leon Edwards. Does he spring the upset here, in your opinion? I don't know. Um, I, I'm leaning Burns here. I think it's reasonably priced in terms of only a slight lean towards Burns. I don't really love the fast turnaround, obviously. Uh, but when we look at these guys on paper, they are very, very similar. Their striking metrics are similar. That's not even their strength. On, on terms of grappling, they both tend to use wrestling about the same amount of time, and they have both been dominant on the mat. I think the biggest difference is that you've got more submissions from Burns. Uh, so I do see the more finishing potential from Burns. I'm worried about the five-round implication that he might gas out, and Muhammad could wrestle his way to victory on a decision. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to bet this one cautiously, but I am going to lean Burns here. I might look for a high-value prop for a finish. Uh, I actually don't mind Burns as a, at a, with a knockout. It might actually be an interesting prop angle. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is a worthy fight to determine who is staying in that upper echelon of the welterweight division. Yeah, if you go through Muhammad's track record in his fight log, it's decision, decision, unanimous decision, decision. He's very technical in the ring, very smart. He knows how to win a lot of rounds. Reed Coon joining us here on Joe and Amber. Final question for you. 12 total fights between the main card, the prelims, and the early prelims. We talked about the final two. Of the remaining 10, what's your best bet on the card? Uh, in terms of prediction value, like the guy I think that has the highest likelihood of winning, it's Kennedy and Chukwu against Devin Clark, and that is a stylistic contrast. Clark is a much, much smaller guy. I mean, you don't normally see a situation where there's an 8-inch reach differential uh, and, and also 5 inches on height. So Devin Clark is going to be the smaller man chasing Kennedy around the ring, and he is prone to knockouts. And Nchukwu is very accurate with his power hand, and I think he's going to find the target eventually. So, uh, yes, I'm liking a favorite here. I might also look for a knockout prop. Uh, or the under overall, but that that's my guy in terms of the highest win probability. I'm going to slide one last question in here. I keep hearing Drew Dober's name. It's the last fight on the prelims before we get to the main card. Anyone I talk to, Dober inside the distance, Dober inside the distance, do you agree with that assessment? No. Uh, now, I wouldn't be surprised if it happened. Okay. Um, he is a pretty clear favorite here. I think the price is just a little too far for me because I think Matt Frivola is a legitimate threat to him. Uh, in terms of knockdown power, Frivola statistically is superior to Dober, even though everybody's talking about his, the number of knockdowns he scored. I look at how effective, uh, how, how quickly do those knockdowns occur per strike landed, and Frivola is actually more than twice as high as Dober on that metric. So it's an interesting contrast. 
And Drew Dober has terrible head strike defense, so he is going to get pieced up at some point. So I'm I'm seeing a little bit of value on the Favola side, but expect this one to be fireworks. This is a great fight. Uh, I I think you know people who don't watch a lot of MMA, this one's going to be on the TV, and people are going to be turning heads. Standard steak and red wine dinner with the fights on Saturday night. I know that's your thing. <laughs> it is my thing. Uh, I call it stress cooking. Once I've got my action down, I need something to occupy me yes. during these like six-hour events. Uh, but hey, it's farmers market season. I'm going to go see what's uh, what's available, and yeah, probably some steak involved. I love it. Check out the book. It's called Fightnomics. Check him out on Twitter. Fightnomics is the handle. His stuff on ESPN. I didn't ask him on the show randomly, people. I've been reading and following his predictions for a while. Dude nails it. He's put a lot of money in my pocket, and I wanted him to share his information with you. Reed Kuhn joining us here on Joe and Amber. Reed, we really appreciate the time. We know you're busy. Best of luck this weekend. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you as well. Love that, dude. Completely agree with the Sterling prediction. I can't believe he's a small dog. It's no disrespect to Henry Cejudo, but he's 36 and he hasn't fought in three years. He's going up against a guy who's in his prime, who's on an eight-fight winning streak, who's got a seven-inch reach advantage, who can grapple and negate some of what Cejudo can bring to the wrestling. After all, Cejudo is an Olympic gold medalist wrestler. That's his skill set. But man, that's going to be a great card tomorrow night. UFC 288 ESPN Plus pay-per-view. Some updates from around the world of sports in the NHL. Carolina leading the series 1-0 against the Devils. They are at the first intermission. The game is tied 0-0. Been betting unders like crazy in that series. Forgot about that one tonight. That looks like a mistake. In the association, it's the Celtics 52, the Sixers 47 54 seconds to go in the second quarter. Boston shooting 39% from the floor, just 39%, and yet they hold a five-point lead over a Sixers team that's knocking down some threes, but they're just 34% from the floor overall. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.